Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jack Bennett. And welcome to episode 33 of the North Mid-South Web Podcast. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 33 of the North Meet South Web podcast. We've got a couple of things we're going to talk about today. Of course we do. It's the whole point of a podcast, <laughs> right? So I am uh, enjoying a holiday with my family out of town. It is Labor Day here. So pretty much that means if you go to the Labor Day parade, all the labor unions get together and throw out crappy candy. And that's pretty much it. But it's still fun. You know, we still go to the parade sometimes. Most years we do. But we're out of town this year, so we're not going to nice. not going to go. So it's normally in, in normal that, that happens over there? So, yeah, in normal. Yeah, we usually yeah. do it. There's a uh, Labor Day parade in normal. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and it's Father's Day where you are, right? It is, yeah. In Ozzyland? Because you guys have Father's Day in May. I don't even know. Isn't that terrible? I don't know when Father's Day is. <laughs> uh, I think Mother's Day is in May. Mother's Day is May, yeah. And Father's Day, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know Father, no, I think Father's Day must be in June because we spoke with Jack McDade uh, for the Laravel News podcast and we had to reschedule with him because it was Father's Day. So yeah, that would have been in June at some stage. Okay, there we go. Yep, yeah. so that's Father's Day. So you guys are having Father's Day. So is your father coming over? Are you guys doing anything? Do you live yeah. in the same town so as your dad? We're going to see my father-in-law and uh, grandpa for lunch. Uh, today and Good. then my dad is coming over here and I'm cooking dinner. Uh, I'm hoping that I've got enough time to do that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. So yeah, my dad, my mum, uh, my brother and his girlfriend, they'll all be over later today for, for dinner. Awesome. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. We've got a whole mad house full of people. The last time I was here recording a podcast, the house caught on fire. Do you remember I'd be telling you about yes. that? <laughs> the front of the house was on fire and yes, all the fire right. trucks came and everything. It was sort yeah. of crazy. Yep. Hopefully there's Good no times. fire this time. No fires. No fires. All right. Well, last episode we talked, we kind of ran out of time to talk about a couple things that we wrote down and are going to revisit this episode, I believe. Um, so the things, the three things that we had before we started adding more stuff to the list was timelines, deadlines, and PRs. So uh, we're going to start kind of there and we'll see where the discussion goes. How's that sound to you? Sounds good to me. Okay. So let's talk about timelines first. So... There are, of course, a number of different ways to sort of schedule out your projects. One of them that is, and you know what, you guys are, everybody's going to have to forgive me here because I'm going to say this and everybody's going to immediately judge me as an idiot and probably fair. That's probably fair. <laughs> I've never done agile, so I'm not super familiar mm -hmm. with like the scrum master and like burn down rates or whatever it is and all that stuff. But this is a is this a pretty big thing? Agile mm. development. I've never yeah in the jobs that I've been in, I've it's never been done properly to my understanding. It's it's usually it's been, like really complicated, right? Yeah, it's usually been like half baked, and we've had someone came in that you know read a few blog posts about it or read a book on it once, and then they were the the person. My last job, they had they actually had a certified Scrum master, but they they still weren't doing like any agile properly you know we were doing daily stand-ups that were like 10 different teams that were all 
all talking about everything that we're doing and they were just a drag because no one really cared what anyone else was doing and it became a game of were you paying attention when the scrum master called on your team to give your updates so yeah, yeah. it's never so I've never done it not properly. valuable yeah that's exactly yeah. right yeah so and and this agile sort of scrum methodology is really it's it's uh, born out of the need to be able to manage these development projects, right? It's pretty much what it is. Pretty so much, it's not yeah. only like a timeline management or estimating tool, but that's kind of one of the needs uh, or one of the problems that it solves. Yeah. So that's, you know, my team is relatively small. It's me and two other developers. And then we have, you know, other stakeholders in the company, of course. And then we have my direct superior boss who is involved in the process a lot of times he knows uh, a lot more like domain knowledge pretty much like he knows the problems better than i know them so he's involved a lot of times but a relatively small team right and so something like that i believe would just be overkill so we're trying to figure out how it is that we kind of estimate for projects and put some deadlines in place i read a blog post by jason freed is that his name yeah guy who's yeah, base yeah. camp guy yeah, yeah. You talk about like deadlines of your friends, you know, really like you have to set a deadline out there. And then as that deadline approaches, you just got to ship something. Right. And so his idea was like, if you can always tweak stuff, right, there's always more things to add. Right. Like, oh, it would be nice if it did this or oh, I'm not sure if I like how that button looks. Let's let's think about how we want to do that. Whatever. Right. There's always things you can tweak and modify and whatever. Right. But if you have a hard deadline in place and you say, listen, this is how long we think it's going to take us. And we're going to set a date, like we're going to draw a line of the sand and say, this is the date we're going to ship something. It might not be everything, but we're going to ship something. And so kind of as that date arrives, you look at it, you know, you're two weeks out and you start saying, okay, three weeks out, maybe like, what are we cutting to make sure we hit our deadline? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of helps to pare down your feature set. And then it's not that those features never get added. It's just, they become secondary features, right? So he said... It's better to ship three features that are really polished than to ship six features that are all crappy, yeah. which is true, right? It's great. So that's kind of what I'm going for is I'm trying to give reasonable estimates for my time, for my team's time, for what I think it's going to take to accomplish a project, then kind of put a deadline in place that all helps keep us focused and keep us like eye on the prize. So we're not like wasting our time, like squabbling about like, well, I was thinking about trying this atomic framework for CSS, or I'd really like to look at this approach. And like, sometimes that's fine, but other times it's just like, it's a waste, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. really solving and it's not really serving the business. Well, you're almost wasting time at that point. So have you, have you been doing any of that? Have you been trying to like kind of estimate timelines? Or you just kind of like flying by the seat of your pants right now and being like, yeah, well, we'll get it done kind of when we get it done. Yeah. Um, with it, with I mean, with the agile stuff, you really need to be dedicated to it, as I said, and and we never were the way that we had it set up. It was more as as a means to to basically ticket work and then track it and then timelines and things like that. I think agile works better if you're in a a development focused business, whereas if you're in a business that happens to have a development team, it's really used as a form of, I guess, micromanagement almost in you know, keeping track of timelines and things like that. So where I am now, I'm trying to to stave it off where we've adopted more of a Kanban approach. So we're using Trello. All of our, uh, all of our tasks are in cards on the board and we know, you know, there's visibility over how long everything's going to take 
or sorry, rather, what everything is that is being worked on. And everything that is being worked on is then a card in Trello. Sorry, can you pause and explain to those of us who might not be familiar what Kanban is? Like, just give me a big, like a high level overview of what what you mean when you say Kanban for those who might not know what that is. Yeah, so Kanban is basically just a way of tracking your tasks. So you would have a board that would have different lists on it. The board would have a backlog list. You'd have maybe a, a next one, an in-progress one, and then a live one. And it's purely there to track the tasks that you are working on. So it's not as rigid around providing estimates or timelines. It's purely there to say, I'm working on this now. I'm working on that next. And these are the things that I have finished. Sure. Like these, so like you say, it's almost like a to-do list, right? Like these are the things that we need to accomplish before we can ship this feature. I'm going to put them in a backlog of like, these are the to-do, these are in progress, these are done and move it to that spot when you're working on it, just so that you can see where they're at without having to interrupt their flow. Correct. Yeah. And so that we then give our sort of managerial team visibility over that. So our call center manager can see what what tasks are being worked on our operations manager can see what tasks are being worked on so they can see progress of things as they're coming into and then going out of the development pipeline so we we've sat down and you know we we're try, I'm trying really hard to push this idea of estimating effort and saying you know we think that this will be a day's worth of work or this will be five days worth of work or that's a project so we have to sit down with all of the stakeholders and scope it out properly and I said that you know, our wireless network engineers, they know that it's going to be a four-hour round trip to go out to a site and replace an antenna or a sector on a tower and then come back to the office. You know, that those are finite amounts of work. With software development, you've always got the issue of you might think that it's a day worth of work, but it could be a day that's spread over four days or a week because you get interrupted by other things, these urgent bugs or something else comes in that's a higher priority. It's, it makes it very difficult to estimate exactly when things will get done and if you have to make accommodations for critical bugs then you know that day gets spread over two or some new priority comes in you know this is not important anymore you still haven't spent a day on it but it's not one full day that you know i start on monday and it's ready by tuesday sure that makes sense yeah that yeah so that's the trickier part that that i'm trying to like i'm trying to find the right way to communicate that that you know, software development is not the same as you know. You know how much time it's going to take to change customers' plan, or you know how much time it's going to take, as I said, to go out and do some physical work at at a tower site, for example. So, and I said to him, if we can set milestones for you know, here's an overarching task. Here are the milestones. Here are the individual bits and pieces that you can see and review at regular intervals then if they're seeing progress, they know that things are being worked on. Whereas I get the feeling beforehand, before I started there, what happened was all of these tickets would come in. There would be no notion of priorities from the business. Everyone would have their own priorities. So it's hard to sort of figure out where everything fit into the big picture. And so nothing got done because everything was being worked on bit by bit by bit. So I think realistically what it comes down to then is making sure that Everything is being worked on in a priority. And as long as someone is managing the priorities, not only the priorities of each task, but also the priorities within the business. You know, if someone comes to me and says, I need to do this, and another person comes in, and I need to do this other thing, where do the, you know, you have to weigh those things up against yeah, what you're already priority? working on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is it just like whoever was last in your office or what? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, usually what happened in the past is when the owner comes in, then the owner's 
tasks take priority. So I said very early on in the piece that that's that's nice and I appreciate you're the owner, but if you want us to actually get things done, we're going to have to have things happening like this. Otherwise, nothing will ever get done. Everything will be in an incomplete state. So it'll be interesting. I think I've got, you know, I've got the buy-in at least from from the management team. So it's easy enough to say, we're going to do this so long as we actually then follow through on it. Yeah. Yeah. We've been trying to focus on priorities as well. Just kind of figure out like, okay, like, yeah, you have a ticket. That's fine. Like how many people does it affect? Or even really a, um, a feature request. It's like not every feature request gets pulled in. So like you have a feature request and it's like, okay, we have a couple questions to ask. Number one, how many people is this affecting? Oh, two. Okay, two people in your department. Okay. And how much time do you spend on this task a day? Three minutes a piece? We're never doing that feature, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to spend 20 hours of developer time completing this feature. And it takes you six minutes a, you know, a day combined for people who make a third of what you make, right? That sounds, that sounded really, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Degrading? Elitist. <laughs> like elitist? Yeah. You only make a third of what I make. Yeah. So I'm not doing your work. That's not yeah. what I meant though. It's at the end of the day, it's about like, you know, priorities and saving the company money, right? Like if it's only yeah. going to take, if it's going to cost the company $5 a day to accomplish that task, and then you're going to throw 20 developer hours at it, how long is it going to be before you recoup the money that would have been spent? And what yeah. is the likelihood that that process is still going to exist by the time that's happened? Mm -hmm. You know? So it's, it's like trying to figure out those priorities, right? And like saying yeah. like, okay, what's the big picture here? And then like, let's break down tasks based on that. Okay. I agree with you about the estimating of time at uh, the day level or like half day level, half day is as granular as we get. Yeah. So we estimate in half days and then in, you know, day chunks or, or, but enough about estimating and timeline stuff because it's getting me depressed just thinking about it. Well, no one's going to get it right. And I think it comes down to balancing expectations with what you can deliver. And as long as there's a steady stream and, you know, if, if there's some project deadline, you should i think you need to work towards the deadline and the milestones seem like they're going to be a better approach so we'll see we'll see how that goes over the coming weeks and months yeah yeah so i basically would just i all i did for my most recent projects is i just like took a you know took a sheet and said like okay here are my here are my tasks to complete like you know as granular as i want and then just assigned work times half day one day one day half day two days five days half day Okay, add those all up. This is the timeline. Double it, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Yeah, you know, something like that. At least time and a half at whatever, and then just say, okay, that's what we're that's what we're going to shoot for. You know, and really what that does is that allows me to say to my boss or to anybody say like, this is what our current like our current schedule looks like. Like we're booked solid for the next month and a half. So if you have a push in, these other things are getting delayed. Just so you like. Yeah. That's fine. If it's a priority, that's okay. But like, these are the things that we have going on right now. This is how long they're going to take. If we push that in and we say that's going to take five days, this, this project is getting delayed five days. So that's, that's totally fine. They just like, if you can do it that way and you know, if the business does have priorities and they say, well, this is actually a higher priority task than that, then you actually have a reason to say, we can't do that right now because this, yeah. right? Because we're doing this other project that is actually of more value to the business than the project that you're asking me to do. Yeah. Or, and it lets you say like, Hey, like we would love to do that for you. We can get to that in quarter one of next year. 
Yeah. That's what we're going to schedule it for. You know? So that's kind of like what we're using it for. So, cause otherwise it's like for a while it was just like, yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. We can't do that. We're never going to do that. Like, or, or we just, you know, and that people get frustrated. So it's like, well, we can do that, but it's just going to be, this is when you can expect it to be done yeah. or expect us to take a look at that problem. So that's been helpful. Yeah. Which is the same problem that we've had, which is why they hired another developer is that they kept yeah. hearing, we don't have time. We don't have time. We need more resources. So now yeah. I'm there to manage that. Hopefully that improves for us and we'll go from there. But yeah, the other thing that I had was, you know, there was, it was going to be like half a day of work to add a button that basically allowed our provisioning staff to duplicate a booking. So if someone's not available when, when a tech has to go out or it's raining, you know, they can't climb on the roof or whatever to do an install, to put a button in there to basically rebook the appointment. And all it does is asks you to pick a new available appointment slot at some point in the future and then copies all of the details from the current booking into the new one. It's one button, you know, much easier process. I said to the provisioning staff, how much of your time is spent doing these rebookings? They said it's 50% of their job. I said, well, then, you know, we'll make this as easy as possible because ultimately we need to rewrite the entire booking and appointment management stuff which ties into our installer management portal as well. So that is the the end goal. But to simplify people's lives now, it's like we can spend half a day on this or a day on it to add this button and leverage the existing functionality to then be able yep. to let them spend, you know, 45% of that 50% of time doing something else, being more constructive with their time. So, you know, there are those kinds of things that the trade-offs that you have to make which are easier to make once you can see the bigger picture. So I spent like three hours on Friday afternoon with the other developer going through all of the backlog of tickets. How long will this take? How long will this take? Can you work on that? Should I work on this? You know, to make sure that we can at least have an understanding of the amount of effort that is in our backlog before we start taking on new work. Yep, makes sense. Okay, I'm going to move on from here. Timelines, deadlines, PRs, I'm going to call that good for now. We're going to, we can come back to PRs later. PRs really want to kind of talk about is essentially like, how do you manage the process of mm, reviewing code, merging code and all that stuff. But I want to talk about something other than management related stuff, if you don't mind, because I just like, I feel like I'm at work right now. So <laughs> let's see. Okay. So you had talked about, you've got an iPad pro now. So that's awesome. And you had talked about the fact that you were able to kind of go in and sketch a UI for your other de developer. Yeah. This is something that I've run into a little bit with like, I find that uh, my aesthetic is different than the aesthetic of the other people that I'm working with, or they just, you know, they are less mm, inclined to like, maybe they don't have as much, they're not as passionate about like the design looking really polished and really yeah. good. Yeah. So it's just, it kind of it falls to the wayside. So Anyway, sketching is really good. One thing that I was actually shown recently, which was awesome though, is the application Sketch. Have you ever used Sketch? Yeah, I've I've played with a trial once in the past, but never never got into any level of detail with it. Yeah, so some people would say like, okay, it's like an illustration or an Illustrator replacement, right? Like it can replace Illustrator, whatever. I have found that it is actually almost i would say tailored to like web mm. stuff mm -hmm. it is incredible what you can do with this thing so for example you can say i have a particular input and i'm going to model this input so i'm going to have an input with like a border radius of four pixels and i'm going to have a placeholder here and then i'm going to have text and whatever and i can save that as a component and then i can actually have that text or that placeholder text be 
customizable per use on the page. So like I just take that component and I duplicate it, duplicate it, duplicate it. And then you just on the right hand side, there's like a properties for that component. And you can just modify like you can say like it says like placeholder, you just type in whatever text you want, and it'll replace that placeholder text with like new text. Mm -hmm. You can like grab a grab like a section of values. And there's a plugin uh, by called craft by envision, I think is what it is. And it'll fill them all in with like, you know, you can say fill these all in with like uh, currency or put all like put like names in here. It's like faker, but for, yeah. but for a sketch, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So like, it's, you know, like with faker, you populate your uh, models in Laravel with uh, your model factories, right? And it's like fake first name, last name, or fake email or whatever. That's basically what this is for your uh, illustrations or for your, your sketches, your UI stuff. So anyway, I've found it extremely beneficial and way easier to use sketch than it ever was to use illustrator. And it gives me a super fast way to be able to, in a pretty decent level of detail, give an idea of what I want something to look like to my other developers. Mm -hmm. Because I, I essentially, what I need to do with them is I almost need to say, this is the exact UI. Don't get creative. Don't try and make something like cool, special, fancy. Just do this. Yeah. Because what I found is like sometimes like they're experimenting like, oh, I thought this looked cool. And it's like, ah, I'm not really after what's going to look cool. I'm more after like what's going to be helpful yeah. for my user. Right. So like if you have a big, like I remember there was one, it was like, if they're a super admin, we need to let them know that they're a super admin for this permissions panel. And so they're like, okay. So I came back and it was like a, a big orange like admin icon and it would like blow up towards the screen to like 200% and it would like settle down on the page, like a big drop shadow. And it's like, <laughs> why? Like, why? Yeah. I don't understand. Like, oh, we wanted to make sure they knew. Okay. That's a little bit too much or like, you know, just crazy animation stuff. And it's, um, it could just be a little like overwhelming. So for me to be able to just say, Hey, listen, this is exactly what I want. Just do this is a lot easier than mm -hmm. to say like, Oh, just see what you, let me see what you come up with. And then it's like, then you almost have to feel bad about like uh you, you you're trying to be like not critical of their design because yeah. it feels like feels like when they're designing like with graphic stuff it's more personal almost mm -hmm. than like mm -hmm. code because code it's like less subjective it's like this is the right way we do this or this is the convention that we use with design it's more like eh, we don't have a style guide in in-house so it's it's like i don't like the way that looks oh really well that kind of hurts my feelings because i spent a lot of time you know what i mean i don't yeah. know so anyway, Sketch has been really cool for me. It's been a really good tool. So I would suggest checking it out. If you have not, they have a free trial out there uh, for a month. And then I think it's a hundred bucks to buy a, a license, uh, which is pretty reasonable. It's not monthly, like, like uh, you know, Illustrator or anything like that. It's just a hundred bucks straight up and you're done. So yeah. check it out. It's really good. Yeah, I might have to have another look at it. I mean, I guess you mentioned at the top that I've got the iPad now um, and I did, did use it. You know, I sat down with the other developer and we're going through the tickets and there was a project in there and I said, you know, is there any scope to do this thing? And he's like, well, no, not really. So I quickly just sketched it out on the iPad, sent him a, a screenshot, you know, exported the image out of the, the app that I'm using, Notability. And I was like, it's very rough, but it's like, this is what it should look like. I will speak with, you know, the stakeholders and see if this is what they need to get their job done. And then, you know, we'll go from there. So it's good to be able to sketch whatever it is that you need to do because it's, you know, like pen and paper. You can just draw it out and it's there. Using the Sketch app, it gets a bit more high fidelity. So you would probably present yes, that. Yes, you're right. It absolutely does. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you've got to be careful that you're not going to spend too much time on piecing together 
the, you know, this masterpiece in Sketch. And I know, you know, it's quick and easy to get it done, but you don't want to, you don't want to give something that looks too polished. I used to work with this UX designer and his argument was always, you don't want it to look too polished because then you get that level of expectation into your stakeholder's mind where they're like, I expect it to look exactly like this. I've fallen in love with this design because it looks good. Whereas when it looks like it's been drawn with a Sharpie, then it's like, you know, you know that it's rough and you know that it's just giving an indication of how things will look. So there's a balancing act to be done there as well. You are absolutely right. That is a very good point to bring up. I'm glad you did. Yes. So if I am if I am at the point where like I know exactly what this is going to look like, I just kind of need to communicate that to my other people. That's when I'll use something like Sketch. Or if I have a pretty good idea and I just kind of need to put the final details together, I'll use Sketch. It's actually so, you know, for me, it's like sometimes I don't know exactly what I want. So I'll just kind of screw around with it in the browser until I get it to like, oh, that looks pretty good. I think I like that. Mm-hmm. For me, that's kind of like what Sketch has replaced. So like... In my brain, I have an idea of what I want it to look like on the on the page, but then I'll take like 45 minutes to like get it to look exactly how I want because I haven't decided yet what I want it to look like. Whereas like I can draw that up in five minutes in Sketch and be like, this is exactly what I want it to look like. Yeah. Okay, and then I will code that out, right? So but they, stakeholders will never see those designs. Sure. They, they won't see that until the product is shipped. If there is a new kind of UI element that I'm trying to discover, like and trying to figure out what's the best way, I have a, you know, a marker that's like, as thick as you know two of my thumbs it's a freaking huge right <laughs> there is no way you can do high fidelity with it yeah. so it's literally like a line of text is like a line of this sharpie on the page and like you use a really fat sharpie on purpose to make it so that i can't do any details it's yeah. just like if i squint and look at this kind of does that the kind of like blocks in the in the kind of layout that i want and does that make sense so that's been helpful for me too like yeah doing a really quick sketch like that and i use a whiteboard the same way um, no detail, just like blocks and lines. What does this look like? Is this is this going to yeah. give me the the affordances that my user needs? Um, so that's a really good point. Yeah, which is really what you want to focus on without getting too stuck down in how it's going to look. You just need to work yeah. on you know functionally what it's going to be like. And then if you know if you do need, as you say, it's a new UI or something like that, and you do need to then present it to your stakeholders to make sure it's going to well, you know it's going to bring them the outcomes that they need to achieve then you can you can take it to that next step but there's nothing wrong with having you know something in sketch to develop from it's just a matter of is it going to take more time than than you need to spend on it is i guess my consideration and at the moment i don't know how to use sketch which is what has has stopped me from doing it in the past because i don't want to spend you know an hour of my time or 2 hours of my time learning to use it effectively to, to put together a five minute sketch because then you know that's something that I have to, I should be focusing on out of hours not during work and I mean that's the same with everything as well yeah I will say too something that sketch offers you that like so if you use bootstrap and any of your stuff like they have like component packs that you can pull in and so it's got like all of the bootstrap stuff built for you so you can just pull in that component and like there you go there's your bootstrap input so there's no modeling to be done it's just like this is what it looks like you know so it kind of lets you take all those bootstrap pieces and glue them together and then figure out too like is this acceptable do i want it to does this look too bootstrappy you know i don't want to take it and kind of change some things Mm -hmm. so nice yeah anyway that's it's been it's been really cool um we are getting close to the end of the show here i had a couple things i wanted to ask you about and kind of tell you what i've been working on with uh some things that work i think it's an interesting problem to think about and maybe we can get some feedback from some people in the community too sure so the idea is we have this old CodeIgniter application and when we first started building stuff in CodeIgniter, 
We did not know how MVC, which you don't ever hear about that anymore. When was the last, when was the last time you heard MVC? Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've heard about MVC. Right, yeah, model, model view controller. Yeah, we all sort of do it now, but yeah, it's like Laravel is loosely MVC, I guess. Um, but we sure. don't yeah. we don't talk about it in that specific way. Yeah, but uh, it is funny. I don't I don't ever hear that anymore. But we didn't have a a good understanding of like what that was, what that meant, and so we ended up doing. This is oh man, it's so embarrassing to even talk about it. So we had each like application had one controller, one model, and a folder of views. That's it. All of the logic lived in the controller. All well. Maybe some of these had like their own one. There was like a, a custom functions helper, which was literally just custom functions. There was no <laughs> classes or anything like it was just custom functions. So it was, it, it actually has been working incredibly well for like five years. Like this thing never has any fixes. Like this, yeah. it's just, it works fine. But as we're bringing new developers on and we need any changes made, the only way that they can make changes is to modify a like dev copy on like a server that's running this is scary especially if it's a new developer you're not sure like you trust them yet yeah you don't want to give them access and credentials to like this development server even if it is only development server like i don't want to like whatever anyway so that's kind of the challenge we're facing and uh, so we're like we want this to run on a linux box because right now it's running on iis so long story short what we're trying to do is we're trying to move this to a laravel application uh, we initially were going to say like, let's break out each one of those micro, these micro applications that lives in this thing, because there's like 15 of them, these 15 little micro applications. And let's put them in each, each in their own Laravel install and just give them their own site. And we quickly realized that's going to be a lot more sites to manage. We're going to have a lot more like error tracking stuff. We're going to have set up, right? You have error tracking for each single separate one, like your dependencies that you use across every single project are going to have to be updated in every single project. If you update one dependency, mm-hmm. you know, like all that stuff, just all the overhead that comes with every new installation. So we're trying to figure out a way to basically build multiple Laravel apps in one Laravel install. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yes. So each, each little app will have its own set of controllers, its own set of models, its own set of jobs, you know, its own routes, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But we want it to all live inside one application. So if, the, if there is like a shared dependency, it's one dependency in the yeah. composer.json file. And that's it. Yeah. I only have to set it up one time. So like my sentry tracking, error tracking, I have to set it up once and that's it. Mm-hmm. Do they, you know what I'm saying? The, so you say that separate applications, do they have their own URL or they just have their own separate like concerns? So this is the kind of the way we've decided we're going to do it is we're going to, we're just going to do it at like a subdomain and then slash and then the name of the micro app and that's it. So it'll be like micro.company.com slash micro app name, right? So let's say I have a micro app that is called letter sender. All right. Mm-hmm. It would be micro.company.com slash letter sender slash and then whatever route that letter sender would have, you know what I mean? If yeah. you're at the... If you're at the letter template editor, right? Or you whatever, you'd have that. Mm-hmm. So kind of the solution that we've come up with right now is that everything will live. And this is not like, you know, the nice thing is Laravel really does allow you to do quite a bit of customization with how this stuff gets loaded in, right? Yeah. You just auto load everything and then everything's available. So it doesn't really matter. Like the structure we're kind of taking right now, though, is we have the top app level folder. And then we have like any of the root stuff is just going to live in there like it normally would. Mm-hmm. But then we have sub-level folders. So letter sender would be like a folder in there. And inside there, it's got its own HTTP folder with its controllers. And it's got, uh, you know, its own models in there. 
and any of the other stuff that would live in there. So it's like another top level app directory, but it's just inside there. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's been it's been a little bit of a challenge, but we've got some. I think it's gonna work. I think it's gonna work. Uh, and we are at 38 minutes, so we're probably gonna have to run this. We're gonna ha- probably gonna have to run this into next episode. But do you have any preliminary thoughts on this? The only thought that I had would be that maybe instead of having the namespacing at that top level, I would namespace within like in app app HTTP controllers. You could have a letter sender in http controllers and then you mm-hmm. could namespace that way because yep. that way it allows you to namespace down you can then namespace namespace your routes easily so you can put the namespace key on route groups you can also then have a prefix of letter sender in your routes that contains that if you need to do any middleware for that microservice you can do it there it also allows you to then namespace your views you know you could define each of these micro apps in an, in a service provider and you could define um, view hints if you wanted I mean you probably wouldn't have to you could just have a letter sender folder inside your views directory that is p- probably how I do it and then you could have any shared dependencies one level up so anything that is shared probably models more than than you would share you know controllers or anything like that at the top level of models and then you would have you know models uh, app slash models slash letter sender from there that would probably be my first thought if you're gonna do it all in one app, but you know it contains it a little bit. It's it may it feels like it might have less you know cognitive overhead to look at it and say you know I need to edit a model for the letter sender. Well, then you know that you have to go to models letter sender instead of going the other way around. Conversely, you could have letter sender that has you know all of its controllers in that folder and all of its models and yeah, there was there was a project that I used. A while ago that that did have that notion when it was building out components so components of the application all lived in the in one namespace so you'd have and it was an invoicing app so there would be like a, a customer thing and inside the customer namespace you'd have all of your controllers and you'd have all of your models and all of your views and it would then load them in mm-hmm. that way so i think that yes. that got a bit hairy to manage okay yeah I mean, I never had to change that code. My my idea, my first idea was exactly what you said. Basically have all the top level folders and the namespace inside those top level folders. Mm-hmm. But then my other developer was like, well, what do you think about doing this? And I was like, actually, that seems really interesting because then it's like I go into that folder and I know everything. Like when I'm going to yeah. be working on the application, I'm not going to be working on five different like spots. I'm going to be working in one application, right? Yeah. So instead of having to go to controllers, letter sender, and then models, letter sender, and then whatever letter sender, I just go into letter sender. Yeah. And I'm just, that's where I'm at. That's the thing I'm working on. In addition, some of the stuff that you can do with that as well is I believe I've heard some people say or read some people say that they basically pull in the application as a package. Then you can do basically publishing. You can say like, hey, publish all my views to here, publish all my controllers here, publish all my routes here, publish my migrations here, whatever. So it's kind of interesting that way too. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet, but let's talk about it next time. I'll keep you updated. Yeah, definitely. You did You did mention before, just before we, we do finish up around, you know, not having any style guides. I did see that, that Sparsi put their, uh, their entire repository of guidelines out in the last week or two. Did you have a look at that at all? It is... I have, and it is amazing. Actually, I referenced it this last week with one of my other developers. I was like, hey, listen, like this is kind of how we do this. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. What the thing? Oh, it was like camel casing and, and snake casing, like when we use which, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so I was like, hey guys, like this is kind of the the way that we're going to do it. And these these guidelines that Spassi put out actually spells it out for you. Like, okay, here's when you use snake case. Here's when you use camel case. I said, if you have any questions, I've looked through these and pretty much we're almost spot on mm-hmm. with almost everything that they that they kind of say their guidelines are. It's a really, really good starting point. Uh, it's got PHP guidelines, like how we write PHP. It's got JavaScript. It's got CSS. And it's super well done, super easy to read as is, you know, like all their stuff. It even talks about version control and new project setup. Those might th- be things that are kind of like, you know, different for your particular, uh, you know, company that you work for. But the code styles, just in, just those in and of themselves are super valuable. So if you haven't taken a look at those, take a look at those. Uh, and I think it's all on GitHub as well. Mm. So you could probably fork this and modify it to match like your company's specific guidelines. So it's an excellent starting point. Uh, thank you, Spassi, for putting that out there. Really, really good stuff. Yeah, I think looking at it, you know, it's a good, as you say, it's a good starting point. If you follow along with any of of the leaders of the Laravel community or any of the thought processes that they go behind, it's very, very similar. Like it, it's it's basically distilling the collective, I guess, guidelines of the community into a document and saying this is how, you know, we're going to, going to write out config files you know they're going to be kebab case they're not going to be snake case it talks about you know how how routing controllers should be done it talks about all of that kind of stuff that that you know you you sort of know about it's in the back of your mind but it's it's a good reference point and if your business for whatever reason wants to diverge from that then yeah you can you can fork the repository and and go from there so i appreciate that they've put that out there it makes it easier going forward you know you don't i don't have to think to explain it i can say this is this is the guidelines that the community generally follows and that and it's been put down into a document that anyone can then refer back to so yeah thank you spassi yeah yeah it's very good very very good uh you can find that at guidelines.spatie so it's we say spassi because that's how you say it in dutch or whatever but uh if you're an english speaker you'd probably spell it like spatie s-p-a-t-i-e so it's guidelines.spatie.be is where you can find that at so um yeah there you go yeah link in the show notes yeah uh let's see is there anything else we wanted to talk about before we go i don't think so nothing that we can speak about without pushing it another 15 minutes into this i know there are other things i could talk about but i'll we'll leave it at that we'll leave it at that (sighs) well it looks like it is light out there now yes the sun is off it's a hopefully my wife is beautiful day we've got some cleaning to do before we head out Always, right? Always. I, yeah. I, I can feel your pain there. It's like, oh, we have a guest over. <sighs> I got to clean the house. Well, we just put new furniture up. We got new cupboards um, and cabinets for our dining room and lounge room. And we've got a new entertainment unit. So there are now IKEA boxes all over the floor in our lounge room and our family room. And all the old furniture is just being dumped in the in the lounge room. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. You have to send some pictures. Yeah. Sounds good. Do like a 360 tour. Like get one of those 360 cameras and just like walk us through your house and then put it on Twitter for everybody to see. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the, that's just what I need. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, man. Good talking to you as always. You too. Thank you everybody so much for listening to episode 
33 of the North Meet South web podcast. You can find show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 33. Do you know? Question, is that still the case? No. Because there was some change with... Yeah, simple Simplecast has... I'm not sure what it is. I reached out to them on Twitter, but I never heard back. But they've changed the way that they do the epic because now they support the new, I think the new JSON feed, but they also support iTunes's new like extra metadata. So the show is actually broken up into seasons and episodes now, and you can't reference the the episode by the number anymore. So how do we do this? So we'll probably just have to do northmeetsouth.audio. It'll be the top one on, on there. Uh, which is no good historically. That's annoying. It? No, that's really annoying. Okay, so how we're do we... gonna have to yeah, do it it's our just own website, Jake. Dot audio. Or our own pointer. Hmm. Hmm. This is weird. This seems weird. But yeah, I couldn't see any way of of handling it. Yeah, it's like there's no permalink. Like, what's the permalink? It, the permalink is like North Meet South audio slash episode slash some random hash that is generated when the episode oh, is created. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Because the, previous to the last episode, it worked, but like all of all of the historical yeah, ones on like, still redirect, but the the new ones don't. We're gonna have to write our own uh, little thing where we'll have to like, I don't know, we're gonna have to like hijack URLs or something and then point them to these. I don't know. That's messed up. Mm. Come on, come on, guys, get it together. Over at uh, Simplecast. All right, so if you want to show notes for this episode, we don't know what they are. You're just going to have to go on the website, northmeetsouth.audio. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to Michael and myself on Twitter or hit us at northsouthaudio on Twitter. And if you like the show, please feel free to rate us up five stars, a thumbs up, a double thumbs up in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice or Stitcher or any of the other things you listen to your podcasts on or however those work. We would really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening today. Happy Father's Day, Australians. Happy Labor Day, Americans. We will see you in two weeks. See you later. Have a good one. Uh, before we leave, I'm actually going to have my brother-in-law come in here. He's been teasing me about when he's going to be able to be like a, um, uh, make a cameo or be like a guest on the show. He's always like, Hey, you're going to have me be a guest on the show. This is the same brother-in-law <laughs> that always sends me jokes about, uh, America online or, you know, whatever floppy disks or stupid <laughs> stuff. So I'm going to go get him and he's going to say something funny and then you can put it at the end of the show. Okay. All right. Hold on, I'll be right back. All right, so um, I look forward to seeing everybody at Laracon 2K18. All right, there we go. Where's location at coming up? Uh, we don't know. West Coast? Dinner. San Diego, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Maybe. San Diego, maybe. San Francisco? Hey, he knows He knows something. <laughs> it's a good guess, right? That's a good guess. So um, I'll be preparing over the next 10, 11 months on a, a little talk. I'll be doing a breakout session on Mac versus Windows. All right. All right. Excellent. <laughs> so I'll look forward to it. Keep that in mind, guys, and look forward to uh, dropping some knowledge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Thanks, Lucas. You bet. Take it easy. Um, All right, there we go. That was pretty well prepared. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. All right, man. Thanks, dude. We'll talk soon. All right. Cheers. See All right. Bye.